2011, I had a solo show at a Woodside Design Gallery, again on Pandosi, but further downtown. Mm-hmm. I sold quite a few pieces there and just felt good about having a solo show and, you know, was gaining more confidence. Then I started thinking, well, gee, this is kind of a lot of work to be being an artist this way because you have to take all these pieces and, yeah. you know, set up, take down. You know, you might be at a show all weekend. You might not sell anything. So I kind of thought, I don't know if this is going to work for me. Like most of my energy I need to save for my family and yeah. my home. This so, is funny because it takes most of us about 20 years to figure this out. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> I love this. this is Get good. your pens out, folks. <laughs> this is good. Two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Welcome back to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host, artist Carol McQuaid. This time I'm chatting with Kelowna-based digital artist Chandra Smith. She is a whiz at the whole art licensing thing, and I love how bold and fearless she is in her own gentle way. We'll talk about how she got her work on everything from scarves and snowboards to a series of scratch art books. What wowed me the most though was how she found a way to manage working big and being super productive while living with fibromyalgia and chronic pain. This lady is inspiring. You'll find links to all the things we talk about in the show notes at twoartistswalkintoabar.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up for updates. There'll be a new episode coming out on the first Thursday of each month. There's all kinds of new artist stories to share with you this year, as well as a great collection of past episodes. If you like an episode, please share it with your arty friends. And if you love an episode, best way to show it is by buying the next round. To do that, just click on the martini glass icon on the website. Your support helps keep the show rolling and ad-free. You can follow the show on social media at two, like the number two, two artists podcast, and you can follow me, your host, at Carol McQuaid Art and carolmcquaidart.com. Now let's head to Third Space in Kelowna and listen in as Chandra and I talk about the art scene in the Okanagan and beyond, and how to land those lucrative art licensing gigs out there. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you get as much out of this as I did. Cheers. Here we are in this awesome little coffee shop in Kelowna, which is in the Okanagan Valley, and I'm talking with artist Chandra Smith. Chandra, welcome. Thanks for coming out to hang with me, have a coffee, and talk about art. Hey, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. It is awesome. It's fun. The way people connect nowadays, there I was scrolling Instagram and thinking about my upcoming trip to this area, looking at this awesome artist at the same time as having some questions myself about art licensing and a whole bunch of things that you do. And I was like, wow, what an interesting person. And then poof, you landed in my inbox. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that funny how it works out? So have you always lived in this area? What's your connection to Kelowna or to the Okanagan? Grew up mostly in the prairies, um, mostly Saskatoon. Traveled a bit in my 20s lived in Scotland. My husband's British, so we lived over there for a few years. And then we ended up in the Okanagan because my parents retired here and we came to visit them. And then sort of within 24 hours, we're like, okay, this is where we want to move to and raise a family. And yeah, so that was in 2001 and we've never looked back. Yeah, it is a pretty magical spot. Oh, yeah. I came up to this area, Penticton, 
many years ago to do a project and the first meeting I went to was to buy advertising and the man selling advertising ended up being my husband so I ended up staying here for a big chunk of time too. (laughs) Different reasons than yours. It's cool, right on. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a very cool place, like just full of nature and activities and natural beauty. But what is the art scene like here? What's it been like for you as an artist? I love it. It's very supportive. Uh, There's lots going on. I actually started working at the Kelowna Art Gallery for about a year or so before I had my kids. And I just like the whole vibe. I like the whole scene. I hadn't really thought about being an artist until I worked there. And then I realized, wow, like these are just regular people. And, um, you know, you don't have to be some incredible rocket scientist to become an artist yeah with a big fat BFA yeah exactly and I don't have a BFA so anyway I I liked the artists working there and I liked the people coming in there and then I thought hmm, maybe this is something I could think about then I took some time off to have my kids and start raising a family it was I sort of needed a bit of an outlet, um, you know, how mums get that, where you need to do something for yourself to keep sane. And so I just started kind of fooling around with art and some digital stuff, lots of abstract colors, and then took it from there. So yeah, I I love the whole scene here. I I think it's absolutely thriving. So zero art background before working at the museum? Yeah, zero art background. Um, I, I kind of worked a series of random jobs, um, traveled a bit, I kind of just, <laughs> well, I ended, actually, to be honest, I ended up getting chronic pain in my 20s, so wasn't really able to work full-time for a while. Then I, like I said, had my family, started thinking, okay, what's something I can do here? So kind of taught myself how to use Photoshop, and because I was sort of starting from scratch, I didn't really know how to use the colors and stuff in Photoshop uh-huh. so then I, I kind of developed my own technique where I take photographs of a bunch of stuff at home like a collage or just a bunch of colorful paper or streamers or something take a photograph of that and then put it on my computer and fool around with layers and stuff so I've kind of okay it, it, sometimes I think oh maybe I should have you know got an arts degree or taken some more training but I guess it in hindsight, I can see that I've sort of developed a unique style because yeah. I just kind of started fooling around and experimenting. And you mentioned that you went through this chronic pain thing. So I've looked at your work and I, I knew that about you, and yet your works are so big and so bold. I wondered physically how you're doing what you're doing. So tell us a little bit about what you're actually doing and how you're creating it. Yeah, so it usually starts with a photograph. So I take these high-resolution photographs of whatever I'm working on. Like, lately I'm doing some work with alcohol links or, Uh um, like I said, collage, colored papers. When the kids were little, it was Play-Doh and plasticine. Anything (laughs) to get a bunch of colors down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I take a high-resolution photograph and then put it on my computer and then sort of fool around with layers and colors. The crazy thing is I can only work in short periods of time so you know when you read these productivity things about working from home or doing whatever you know they say don't focus on doing the laundry or cleaning up the house when you you know you've got to dedicate this time to work and don't do personal stuff but for me I I can really only work on my computer for about 20 minutes at a time so I kind of just do little bursts of 
creativity. Yeah, so I've got this condition, it's called fibromyalgia, and it's basically a neuromuscular disorder, so that's pain and pain in the nerves and muscles. Um, so you manage it, you know, with different different things. Some days it's worse than others. Funny that I create these colorful works because I find, especially when I'm not feeling good physically, it's just sort of an outlet. And it's interesting that they often have so much vibrancy and colors and, and energy kind of, and yeah. there's a flow and there's a movement. And it's a, you know, it's, it's beautiful, right? And I sort of think it's a way of me getting myself out of the dark thoughts that come with pain and I'm sort of trying to create something beautiful on what otherwise would be kind of a shit day. Right. <laughs> so, ding. So this is a, sorry, there was a ding there. So this is kind of how it all started. It basically yeah. started as a, as a therapy, like an art therapy. I used to have this file on my computer. It's called Art as an Antidepressant. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm not... Oh, I generally love that. a depressed person but yeah. you know when you when you deal with chronic pain it can get depressing so and you know when you have little kids I mean it just seems so monotonous right I mean yeah. you know it's obviously very rewarding motherhood but you you want something else started creating for that reason and then I thought okay what should I do with this well actually my so my mom died of a massive heart attack so that was kind of a shocker she was only 65 and you know when something like that happens you sort of look at your life like well okay life's short what mm -hmm. should I be doing so the year after that I thought well maybe I'll try and get into a group show this was about 2009 maybe and Sopa Fine Arts on Pandosi they have this great spot yeah, yeah. yeah they have this U8 show it's everything's under 800 anyway the the lady there Deborah she said oh this is a good spot for emerging artists why don't you put a couple pieces in here so I did, and, and that felt great, and I, I don't think I sold anything, but, you know, it just felt amazing, like, wow, I'm an artist in this show, yeah. this is awesome. Anyway, so then I kept creating and working on my technique. Then a few years after that, 2011, I had a solo show at a Woodside Design Gallery, again on Pandosi, but further downtown. Mm -hmm. I sold quite a few pieces there, and just felt good about having a solo show and you know was gaining more confidence then I started thinking well gee this is kind of a lot of work to be being an artist this way because you have to take all these pieces and yeah. you know set up take down you know you might be at a show all weekend you might not sell anything so I kind of thought I don't know if this is gonna work for me like most of my energy I need to save for my family and yeah. my home this so, is funny because it takes most of us about 20 years to figure this out. <laughs> so go on. <laughs> I love this. this is Get good. your pens out, folks. <laughs> this is good. I'm kind of rambling here, but now you got me started. I'm really on a roll here. Um, okay, so then I started thinking about this art licensing thing. And, mm -hmm. and I actually, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be fun to have your designs on pillows and scarves and all these different things? And uh, so I started printing off some things for myself and you know friends and family would see it they're oh really like that so it kind of went from there then I um, started to think okay I need to get collaborations you know maybe I can contact companies and see if they'll put my designs basically on anything right so I didn't really know how to go about that and I would sort of phone up a place hi I'm Chandra and you know can you put my designs on your snowboards <laughs> or just whatever right yeah. and they would be like no no we don't do it like that you know we use it agent or you have to go through this way so anyway so there's lots of learning 
but good for you to just pick well, up the phone and be like, boom, here, you know. Because they're not going to just phone you up and say, hey, Chandra, um, we hear that you're doing some cool layering on Photoshop and we'd like to, you know, we'd yeah. like to see if it might wouldn't, fit on our snowboards. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. But it's true though, right? Because, yeah. you know, okay, we can all create nice work and stuff, but you really have to be kind of ballsy, don't you? And yeah. you really have to, if you're not that way inclined, you kind of have to learn to be because we're essentially all entrepreneurs running our own businesses and the only way we can move forward is to promote ourselves right and I mean as we all know not everyone that's the most talented gets the most success right yeah just depends how you can learn to promote yourself so that's exactly actually why I want to talk to you because you know there are a million people on Instagram doing interesting and beautiful things but you know I showed up today to meet you You've got this awesome scarf on. I'm thinking that's probably your work, right? Yes, yeah. You had your phone out on the table with this great cover on it. And then you had this sort of like pencil casey thing that, where are these things? So um, I'm going to take a picture of you and put this on the, and put this in the show notes. But these things are all incredible. They are, you know, it's strongly your work and they exist in the real world. They're getting used. They're getting seen. And, you know, you can be the most amazing painter in the world but if you're sitting in your studio with your work in there with you and the door is shut nobody's going to see them nobody's going to interact with them they're not going to bring that burst of light and energy and color to counteract whatever darkness people are dealing with that you talked about right totally so so as you started making those calls and finding out how not to do that how is that done like for an artist listening who works along these lines or thinks you know maybe art licensing could be for me what inroads did you make and what are you willing to share with us about that so there's a few different ways say for example one of my first collaborations is with an american company called bucket feet they mm-hmm. make shoes mm-hmm. artist design shoes i know aren't they cool? yeah really good and um with them you basically upload your designs to them and i think i maybe uploaded probably 15 or 20 before they selected a couple so in that case you would sort of submit to them I'm also working with wall sauce that's a a British wallpaper and wall mural company Mm -hmm. and with them I found them on Instagram or maybe Facebook and contacted them and he, the guy there said, oh, do you want to have a Skype chat? Which is nice. It's always nice to sort of see someone face-to-face yeah. or at least talk on the phone. Yeah. They, they like my work because they knew it would do well residentially and commercially. And anyway, they do these large-scale wall murals and, and wallpaper, and they sell it all over the world. And with them, so I basically upload my designs to them. They pick what they want, and then that one's royalty-based. So I've seen hmm. one of those of yours it's in a hotel here in Kelowna. Yeah. So how does that work? Do they then contact Walsauce and they buy it directly from them? Or how, how does that flow go? Yes, they, they did in that case. So that was really cool. So basically what happened is I had a few more kind of collaborations, um, a wine labeled, shoes, wallpaper. I was kind of starting to have a bit of success, but I, I wanted to get noticed even more, right? I thought, how can I make myself stand out? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I we, we live in this kind of quirky, colorful log home on the west side, and I ended up sending a photo to the Globe and Mail. They used to do, well, actually, they still do it. It's a different writer, but they still do it. It's called My Favorite Room. Mm-hmm. It's in the Saturday Globe and Mail. Do you know this one? I know. I've seen your, I've seen your 
version of this. It's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> anyway, okay, so long story short, so I, I um, need to get noticed, so I submit the photo. The, the woman emails back right away. This is uh, Deirdre Kelly, who used to do it. She said, yeah, we love it. Awesome. So yes, then absolutely. they take this photo in my living room and I, I, I want, you know, I surround myself with all of my pillows and bags and all the rest to try and get noticed. Yeah. Anyway, so the feature ran and, and it was awesome. That was really good. So then what happened a couple of months after that, my husband said, oh, there's this colorful hotel coming to Kelowna. It's called Hotel Z. And I said, oh, oh, I think I've read a design feature about the one in Victoria. And it's really brightly colored and rainbow. And of course, I would love it. Anyway, so I thought, oh, well, who knows? Maybe they'll consider putting a mural of one, like of a local artist. Maybe they'll put one of my pieces in their hotel. Yeah. I may as well call them. I love this kind of half-reluctance, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> well, this is because, to be perfectly honest, I, I feel like I don't have a choice, to be honest, because, yeah. I, because I've got this physical pain oh. problem. I do find it hard to work another job, like mm-hmm. that I would be on someone else's schedule. So I feel I need to work for myself, and this is the only way I can move forward: is to continuously um, put myself out there and do things out of your comfort zone, right? So yeah. I mean, you know, you're always feeling a bit nervous, and you're, you know, your heart's racing, and I think, what am I doing? Like, who am I calling these people? What are they going to say? But I feel like I just have to. That's the only way to move forward. So I, I phoned uh, Mandy Farmer. She's the she's the CEO in Victoria, and I just happened to get her on the phone. And she, they, they act, it's part of the Accent Inn chain. Uh-huh. So there's two hotel Zs oh. and five Accent Inns. Okay, I didn't know that. And um, so I just happened to talk to her. I said, "Oh, I'm a Kelowna-based artist. Maybe you'll put up one of my murals." And so, anyway, so I emailed her, and then she emailed back. She said, "Oh, I really like your work, and yeah, maybe we could do a mural." And then, then she emailed back another hour later. She said. Oh my goodness, what about wall art for the rooms? We've got all these rooms. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, are you serious? This is huge. Then then later that day or maybe the next day she emailed, she said, Oh my god, you're the one from the Globe and Mail. I saw your feature. Oh fun. <laughs> so that's how <laughs> this that stuff all works. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah. So then, of course, you know, she felt like she had some confidence in me. We emailed back and forth. As time went on, they they did this whole refurb of the old travel lodge, you know, across from City Park. It looks amazing, right? Yeah. It's Hotel Zed Kelowna. We chatted more and more. So they ended up putting three of my large-scale murals in their public areas. One in the ping-pong lounge and then one behind the front desk and etc. And then they put my art in every single room. That is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, it's still kind of a dream come true. Yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling there, but to answer your question, so, they, so with something like that, so then they... They contacted Walsas directly for the the murals, and I get a royalty. Mm-hmm. But with the the actual art, we worked out a licensing deal where they paid me for the designs, and then they printed it themselves. So okay. that's how that worked. Yeah. So the other thing I'm curious about with you is you do these bold moves without ever seeming like ah, I'm in your <laughs> face, you know? And is it reaping? Like, I'm just going to straight up ask you, are you... Are you earning a decent living with this? I sure am. I'm really pleased because I'm getting more and more of these licensing deals, and a lot of them are royalty-based. It's called passive income, right? So you yeah. set this up, and then 
you get that coming in. I, I've got some puzzles going too. There's wall murals, oh, puzzles, fantastic. Um, shoes. Another big one was these um, these scratch art books, and that was pretty oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's my biggest deal to date. What happened there now? So okay, so I'm posting on Instagram because you think, how do I get myself out there? Because I'm I'm not doing the local art shows, right? So I have yeah. to be putting myself out there somehow I'm posting on Instagram with like a million hashtags yeah and thinking who's really noticing this is this is it worth it but then one day I got an email and it's an American publishing company and they said we we really like your designs we're doing these scratch art books and basically we want some colorful art to put in the background and then the books come with these stencils and then you basically scratch the metallic surface and my art comes through underneath based on whatever pattern they overlay so it's not like removing it all and boom there's this Chandra Smith piece but they're well you can do both actually you, you can scratch the whole thing off and it's just totally Chandra Smith or they have they have these stencils with letters and flowers and so you can kind of create designs or of course you can do it freehand too it comes yeah. with a special little um, stylus and then you can uh, scratch out what you want Gotcha. So that was cool. So we emailed back and forth. In the end, they wanted enough designs to do two scratch art books. Mm-hmm. And so this was about maybe a year, year and a half ago. It's so this Scratch book, and Create. Scratch and Create. So I've seen them online. They look fantastic. Is that book all you? Is it a collection of artists? Do they do a series? What, what's the program there? They did do a series. So um, I think there, well, with this specific one, Scratch and Create, there was four, and I got two of them, so that was pretty cool. Two with just my designs. Within our conversations, I said, well, how did you find me? And the woman said, oh, my boss follows you on Instagram. So then I thought, oh, okay, it is worth it to be just, you know, putting this out yeah. into wherever. Somebody is actually looking. Yeah. That turned out really good. So they paid me a reasonable price up front for the two books, and I was happy with that. And then I, you know, I got this contract, and <laughs> my husband helped me figure it out. And um, anyway, then I thought, oh, geez, you get this royalty as well. So this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So now I've got the two English scratch art books, but they've also, it's a large publishing company, and they've also branched out. There's a, a Spanish one and a French one mm-hmm. that's sold um, through Amazon.fr. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm getting these royalties coming in, so it's totally oh awesome. Oh, my God. And then I looked on Instagram. I thought, well, what do these other artists, you know, there's a few other artists that have done previous kind of editions or similar things. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, look, they're having book signings and stuff. I thought, why don't I try that? Yeah. So then I contacted Mosaic Books downtown Kelowna and also chapters at the mall there and, yeah. and did these two book signings last year, well, yeah. like in 2017. So that yeah. was kind of fun. And did people come out? Did you yeah, make a lot of connections? Was, yeah, I sure did. I yeah. really did. And it was fun and awesome. And actually, that was the year that because all of this was happening... I did manage to get some press. Well, like I guess I'm, I mean I asked for it, and I would I would tell people to do that as well. Just contact your local newspaper if you've got something going on. Just say, hey, this is what's happening. Maybe they'll run a story. Yeah. And then it makes you seem even bigger than you are. And then one thing leads to another. And then eventually you, you or are. Or makes you seem big, as big right? as you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then with all this happening, I was nominated for the Art and Business Award for mm-hmm. the Okanagan. And then I ended up winning. Oh, fun. So tell me about how did you get on their radar? And what was it like to be chosen? What did it do for you? Well, it was pretty cool. How did I get on the radar? This other lovely artist in Kelowna, Sinova, 
Her name is Cinnava Seedman. She nominated me uh-huh. because she'd seen what I was doing and there was a whole bunch of nominations, obviously, and they have different categories, right? But I looked at the three finalists and one of them has a funky gallery on the west side. I thought she could be a contender. Mm-hmm. And the other one, she's developed some kind of app. But anyway, she'd been on Oprah before, so, <laughs> so I said to everybody... So bar's nice and low. <laughs> I said, oh, it's such a thrill to be nominated. But I said, this woman's been on Oprah. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to win. Right. And so they had this party where they announced the finalists. So that was exciting. I thought, I'm going to that because I knew that at the actual award show I was going to be in Australia with my family so that I'll go to the party and that was fun and they had a band and anyway so then we we went to Australia we took our kids out of school and we did this little tour of Australia so on May 12th I thought well I better check online and see what happened you know my mind's back there because I thought wow I I really wanted to be at this art show I mean but Australia was pretty cool too yeah (laughs) so so then we we were in this little town there was really no wi-fi but there was wi-fi at McDonald's so we went there and I thought oh look online and actually one of the other finalists Linda so she was the one that posted it she said congratulations Chandra you won so I was absolutely thrilled my husband took a picture of me at McDonald's in, in this little town in Australia. Yeah. So I, I had an ice cream cone or something in my hand and I pretended that was the <laughs> award. But I mean, it, it actually felt amazing. And when I got back to Kelowna, I went to get the award, which is this amazing kind of fiber-based piece. And it, it felt really good, you know, because I don't have like a BFA or I don't have training in art or business. So I, it just felt like, wow, um, validating. Yeah. And then again, it's, you know, it gives you more credibility. And you asked me what it did for me. Personally, it was good for my confidence. And then professionally, it's just something else to add to. It's nice to have those things to put on your CV, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they are gifts that keep giving mm-hmm. awards and recognition. For sure. Yeah. Uh, very cool. And it's interesting to hear you bring up the BFA thing. You know, I think ours is one of the few fields where you are what you are and you bring it to the table and everybody comes at it from their own angle. And that's the beauty of being, that's what it's all about. It's not like follow these steps, like, you know, medical school and uh, <laughs> do your internship and you'll end up at exactly this spot. Like we are creating our world every day and yeah. and continually changing it evolving it and i think that's a big part of the excitement of what we do so yay <laughs> absolutely yay we're, yeah. we're creating our own work we're creating our own lives and, and we're creating our own success yeah. yeah so you mentioned that you've had this love of travel you've lived in a bunch of different places you've done all kinds of different things how much of that finds its way into your work what has led you to where you are well, I guess it all kind of goes together, right? I've, I've got these colorful, quirky kids who bring a lot of great things to our lives. And we, my husband's very supportive and he's very open-minded. And yeah, how has this led to here? I, I don't know, but you know how you just, you're, you're an artist and then you get some success and then you start to believe it even more and I I don't think I'd realized until the last few years that it's just such a part of my whole soul and my whole being and I guess when I was growing up I felt like we were almost kind of cloned you know like you know as you got into high school you start thinking well we're all supposed to look a certain way be a certain way Um, I was always quite outspoken and and now it all makes sense because I 
well, I, I did have a bit of a problem with my language as well and would frequently get kicked out of class. But it's essentially I was trying to express myself, yeah. right, and say I don't want to follow the rules and I I don't want to live inside of a box. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to just be like everyone else. And I guess that attitude has come into my mothering and my art and... Now my husband and I have got this amazing life, and we we're both self-employed. So we we've been able to take basically a month off the last four or five years, and we do these budget trips. And we I'm sure the teachers are getting a bit fed up with us, but <laughs> <laughs> but we've we've taken the kids to Europe and Australia, and then this this spring we're also going to Europe again. And we just love it, and it fills us up. And and as you know it. It sort of inspires your work. I, I can't say yeah. how it directly inspires my work, but I know it inspires my life. And, and you know, when you see different places, different art, different buildings, the architecture, the people, like how they're dressed, it all just yeah. somehow filters you through soak you. soak it up you like a sponge, saying? yeah, and it all becomes part of the... You know, it's interesting. I grew up not being the kid in art class as well and not, like, I don't have a BFA okay. And uh, when I decided I wanted to go to design school, it was like, oh, I need a portfolio. Um, I've never drawn, <laughs> you know, so I had to run out and quickly learn how to draw. And uh, it's interesting how, you know, just hearing you talk about when you were younger before you had figured that out, but still wanting to express before you have that <laughs> label as artist. It's like you're still the same person. You're just as creative. You've got just as much going on mentally but we, we kind of grow into this title of okay I'm an artist now I know now I know what to do with all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah so you're going and you're getting these big culture hits and you're soaking up all these different visuals and this yeah. range of art what do you see that doing for your kids like how is their experience different from yours growing up artistically creatively I see it's doing a lot for them actually I, I think if somebody has the money and the time, I think it's a major gift to give to them. I, you know, I love the school system and all that, but I do think there's more to an education than just that. You know, luckily they don't struggle in school, so we have been able to take them out for four or five weeks at a time. For, for me, I, I grew up mostly in Saskatchewan, and we went we went on a few trips to the states and that was kind of cool but i didn't go abroad till i was 19 and then my whole world opened up at the time i was having a long distance relationship with my boyfriend who's now my husband yeah and i just thought wow this is amazing i mean i was 19 so i went to visit him in scotland and then we we went over to holland where the rest of his family was living and we we went to amsterdam and you know from for a young girl from saskatchewan yeah that'll like, be an eye-opener oh my god <laughs> i took my husband who's from saskatchewan to amsterdam it was an eye-opener for him in his 50s so <laughs> oh geez too funny hey? yeah. yeah so what was that like it was amazing i um i just felt like wow there's you know different different languages so we, we went to holland we went to belgium we on that trip we oh we did a little trip down to england as well i i just thought there's so much out there and i'm just fascinated by other cultures and languages and the mm-hmm. architecture i love all the history yeah then we lived in saskatoon and then we lived in calgary for a bit and then we kind of fancied going back there my husband always thought oh maybe we should 
you know, we should try it out. And he missed all the good things about Britain. So then, then we did live in Scotland for three years. And, and I, I guess I would kind of consider that my degree because mm-hmm. I was 24 to 27. Yeah, just soaking it up, right? Yeah, yeah. And did you take any classes or were you just experimenting? Um, I, I worked as a secretary and I actually I took a few kind of drop-in kind of pottery classes. So, I mean, I essentially, I mean, I've taken a few drop-in kind of weekend classes. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say I don't have any art training, but a, a little bit here and there. It was actually when I developed this fibromyalgia, so I I did a lot of voluntary work with this um, pain support group I was part of. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actual work, I worked as a secretary and, yeah, just we tried to figure out how to deal with pain and learn some new ways of coping with yeah. that life. And all far from home, you're in Scotland as you're going through this. This is in Scotland, yeah. yeah. We came back a few times to visit my family, and some of them were still in Saskatchewan, but they'd mostly left. A lot of them had moved to Alberta by that time. Where, where did you grow up? In B.C., yeah, I grew up in a big family in a small house, lots going on, and my parents are both from Saskatchewan. Okay. And uh, here's a little trivia that doesn't come out very often. My dad was a rough rider. Oh, cool. And yeah, a big football-y guy, and I had all these older brothers, and uh, I just grew up in this very busy, male-dominated household, and like I have memories of coloring as a kid and being totally fascinated with it but honestly it was so chaotic all the time that like to sit down and learn how to paint you know it was my childhood was a fun adventure in survival and uh, so <laughs> there, was, there was not a lot of time left for fancying career in art or it was just a, it was a scramble and it was all very fun yeah yeah I don't think I would have foreseen the direction I ended up going it just almost um it's almost like life comes and finds you and says you know tap tap on the shoulder come on over here and do this totally uh, because i think in a lot of families it's having a career in the arts isn't usually viable you know a kid can be creative but you know they're often told well you're not going to make any money you know you need to have a steady job and um you can do it on the side kind of a thing so yeah and how do you think you'll be with your kids as they start choosing their direction? Um, I think that, well, my husband and I are both, we feel like we've raised them to be strong individuals with a strong sense of themselves and their own strengths. And I think that, you know, we're not so much about, oh, you got to get all straight A's and go straight into university. We're, we're not really about that because I think, I'd really like them to maybe travel a bit and, you know, do a bit of life learning. They're both quite creative in different ways, so so we'll see. You know, they've kind of pondered. One of them maybe thought she might be an interior designer. I mean, she definitely has an eye for a design. Um, my, my little guy, he likes to write and he wants to develop apps and he's creative in a different way. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll definitely encourage them because yeah. I think really... Okay, no matter how much money you make, your, your life's going to be rich in other ways if you do something that you're passionate about. And if you are that type of person, yeah. I, I know for myself, you know, working as a secretary in oil and gas is yeah. going to crush my soul. So yeah. I, I, I imagine it would be the same for them. So I yeah. would just encourage them to do something they love. Yeah. Isn't it funny how things have changed too? Like for 
me growing up and I think for generations before us and it was always you know go and get that degree and get that job and and now like the people who are being successful and are making money are the people who are going out and finding their own way and being creative and you know people who are creating their own jobs like it's tough to go out and get an expedient education and get a job now it is and it's the people who sit down and say I'm going to invent some career for myself those are the people who are working and earning absolutely and and I mean we have to consider that as well like how expensive a degree is and you think is it really worth it you know you might not even get a job now you've got the student loan you know we have to think about all that and you're absolutely right my my husband's an entrepreneur and he's doing well and and you're right you basically have to create your own job in a sense I'm curious what he does so he basically sells ski accommodation. So he's the middleman between customer and property manager at a lot of these BC resorts like Big White, Silverstar. They phone him or email him and say, "We, you know, we need a week at Big White. What have you got?" And then he can see like all the things that are available, and then he takes his cut from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that was really awesome that he started that. Um, He's, he's really a self-starter. So, so again, he worked a million different jobs, which yeah. I think is a really good education. He's lived in different countries. And anyway, so he thought, I'm going to do something for myself. And the year our daughter was born, in 2004, he started this business up, and he works from home, and it's been absolutely amazing because I was a stay-at-home mom, and we've both just been able to be there mm-hmm. a lot more, and we feel so fortunate yeah. Well, you know, I read that article in the Globe and Mail about your beautiful home. Like, holy smoke. It's, it's amazing. Well, that was a dream as well. Yeah. It's yeah. all a dream. So the two of you are making it up as you go along. We totally are. We totally are. And it looks like it's working. Well, thanks. It really is. Yeah. It, it really is. We're so fortunate that we, we met so young and we were best friends and we both have the same sort of attitude to life and we we actually we realize that in our 20s and 30s we're just going to make up our own rules because this is who we are we don't want to follow anyone else's path yeah you are a total inspiration like I'm listening to you talk and thinking (laughs) I hope a lot of people listen to this and get totally fired up no it's like I'm getting inspired by what you're saying just things for myself so if you were going to give some advice or share some of your wins with people who are just starting on their path what would be the biggest things you would want them to know and internalize that's a big Um, heavy question hey yeah but it's true um it's good to think about these things i would say that you are going to need to create a lot of work so basically you know, get better at what you're doing, hone your techniques, create a lot of work. And also you're going to have to do a bit of hustling, right? Like, just like we said, it's not going to suddenly come to you. You're going to have to hustle and make some calls, send some emails, learn as much as you can. Just believe in yourself. You know, I actually, I watch a lot of documentaries about musicians and writers and other artists, and it's, it's the same thing. You know, they some of them flunked out of school and all the rest they basically just kept believing in themselves i I actually watched this documentary about rex ray he he's an inspiration to me so he he's he was an american collage artist but sadly he died in his 50s Mm -hmm. and um 
he just said, you know, just keep going. Like, you know, you're going to get rejection. Um, not everyone's going to like your work. You're going to feel like giving up, but you just have to keep going and keep plugging away. And eventually, you're, you know, people are going to notice and accept you. And And he also said something interesting that spoke to me, and that's that he... You know, he wasn't always feeling it. Well, he ended up getting sick. He had cancer. Um, and I think f- maybe for other reasons, even before that, he, he said he wasn't always feeling it. So he kind of developed this alter ego. And oh, and that was his name. Rex Ray was the alter ego. He actually, he was born with a different name. And then he developed this alter ego called Rex Ray. And anyway, I remember that because I, you know, you're not always feeling it. I worked on this promotional video a couple of months ago or you know if I'm meeting you for a podcast you know and you're sort of maybe feeling like oh, okay do, am I feeling it today but yeah. you essentially have to develop this alter ego and then just you know assume that position right like yeah, yeah step into I'm it Chandra, I'm so full of color and energy you know you, yeah. you've got to really believe that because then you're trying to convince others and you have to step into that role and and also just keep going outside of your comfort zone because that's the only way you can move forward right you can't say oh oh i i'm too shy to call someone or you know ask for a podcast you know what if i get rejected and all the rest but it's the only way you can move forward you just have to learn to get better at it yeah and nobody remembers the things you tried to do and didn't no, luckily. do. They only look at you and go, holy oh, <laughs> yeah, shit, exactly. I can't believe all the things you did. So. <laughs> well, exactly. And then yeah. there's, you know, there's some amazing licensing deal, but, you know, there was 10 other failed things, right? Yeah. So so he's one that you are inspired by. Rex Ray. Rex Ray. So for me, this last year, I read Don Tripp's book, Georgia, reading about Georgia oh, okay. O'Keeffe's life. And I found that totally inspiring. I was interviewing somebody and I said, who are you inspired by? And I can't remember who it was, so so forgive me, whoever you were. But they said, you know, I don't like to look at other artists because I feel like that's going to influence my work and change my work. And I kind of get that. But I find that learning about the lives of artists is what fires me up more so than looking at their work and thinking, how can I incorporate that into my work? Looking at their lives, like you're talking about with Rex Ray, and seeing what lessons are in their lives that we can apply. So who else would be an inspiration to you? Can you think of books or documentaries or observing somebody's life that's been part of what's fired you up? Do you know what? I actually, I really like a lot of the West Coast artists, Indigenous artists, and often their work is quite colorful. And I like the fact that art's just so much a part of them and they can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. It's funny, specifically, I can't really think of any any one person right now, but I, I'm just inspired by anyone who knows that about themselves and... They, they basically feel like they can't live without creating. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And do you feel like that? I sure do. I feel, yeah. I actually feel like it's a part of my mental health. Um, a, a, a doctor said that to me once. She said, well, okay, that's great. You know, you're swimming and you're doing your yoga and all the rest for your physical health and to manage your pain. But for your mental and emotional health, you, you need to create. So even if it's just five or ten minutes in the morning, I, I feel that's essential to me. And I, I notice when I'm, you know, traveling or if I'm busy and 
I'd start to feel a little bit crazy. And I think, oh, geez, if it just doodle or something for a few minutes, it actually is some sort of release for me. And I think it's, it's basically a way of um, being in the world instead of just doing all the time. We're, you know, yeah. we're just so busy and we're constantly moving from task to task. And yeah. it's just not healthy. We need to stop and slow down. Yeah, I always think if I could advocate for anything in the world, it would be for people to allow themselves to be more creative. Like you don't need to be a professional musician to pick up a guitar and play a song. You don't need yeah. to be an artist to sit down at a computer or a, a canvas or take your sketchbook out. And you know, it's it's not about the end result. It's about what happens. Yeah, what happens to your brain? What happens to your soul when you sit down to do that stuff? Like, forget about the outcome. But just if we could all do that for 20 minutes a day. I, th- I think so. We, yeah. We'd probably all be on a lot less pills and, yeah. and drinking less yeah. because, yeah, you did say that in a podcast uh, that I listened to that, you know, you sometimes just get out a guitar and yeah. strum along there. Yeah. I have a glockenspiel as well and I have a few instruments at home and I, I just like to bang around on them and, you know, my kids laugh at me. I mean, I'm not any good, but it's, it's really just about the process. So great for, yeah, just clearing it all out. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Right on. right on. Well, it sounds like you've built this incredible life for yourself that's working and it's, uh, it's exciting and you're doing new things. You're like, I'm totally going to look into some of these things you've done and see how they can apply to me. So thank you for, thank you for being open enough to share that stuff with us. I think it's going to be really great for a lot of people and I totally appreciate it. Oh thanks so much Carol this was really fun. It has been fun. Now the show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I don't know if you have a secret punchline tucked up your sleeve for me or if you have a joke or a fun story from your art life you'd like to share with us. I see a card coming out. You've got something (laughs) for me. (laughs) I wrote down a few ideas yesterday. Uh, Let's hear them. I think the theme would probably be that I don't want to live inside of a box that's my art or my life because I, you know, people say, oh, what kind of art are you doing? And, and I never know how to categorize it. It's, it's, it's different yeah. and it's quite unique. And, and I think that's part of it. I don't want to live inside of a box, my art or my life. I want to be free and um, experimental um, and then I had another idea. You asked me for a punchline, and I, I had, I literally can't do anything else. <laughs> I, like I said, I have to work for myself. I don't have much of an education, so this is my only option. How did you end up with this amazing life? By default. <laughs> Just fumbling through things, and this is how we ended up. Right on. Well, congratulations. Excellent landing. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yay, and I look forward to seeing what you do from here. So, yeah. Awesome. So, for our listeners, if they want to see your work online, where are they going to go? You can visit my Instagram at Chandra Smith Art. So that's S H A N D R A Smith Art. Or you can visit my website, ChandraSmith.com. Yeah, do it. There's so much great stuff on there. Chandra, thank you for taking the time to come out and play with me today. Thanks, it's, Carol. Yeah, it's been really fun. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> You've been listening to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers. <laughs>